And so if you have your Bible, let me read the scripture and then I'll give you the title. Alright. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, if you stand for the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. I want to read a little bit, so bear with me. Lately I've been doing that. Watch what it says. It says that in reference to your former manner of life. See that? You lay aside what? Uh Uh-huh. Which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust, lust of deceit. That you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. See the contrast? The old life was created in what? Corruption, lust, and deceit. The new life has been created in what? Righteousness, holiness, and truth. Say what? Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each of you to his neighbor. For you you are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not, here's the do nots now, give the devil an opportunity. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. Amen. That's what I want to talk about. Watch your mouth. I want to talk about breaking the cycle of negative speaking. Breaking the cycle of negative speaking. Watch your mouth. Negativity is multifaceted. It shows up differently in everyone. Broadly speaking, negative people are more likely to focus on and bring up flaws in situations or talk about things that they dislike. Negative people are cynical, pessimist with a pessimistic attitude. Negativity hinders people in three ways. First, it's just draining. <laughs> Come on, y'all. It's draining to be around people who let off these vibes. Of negative negative talk. It, it it's not that the their points are not valid, never valid. It's just it wears you down being around them. Anybody with me? Secondly, there are a lot of things that negative people choose not to do because they're always complaining 
about their life. Amen. Thirdly, for negative people, they're not going to make many friends. Because everybody they go around, they criticize. Do I have anybody? This person ain't that. That person ain't that. And lastly, I got. I have one more. There's a thing that I hear a lot. It's negative self-talk. Amen. It's a way of talking to ourselves. Sometimes we call it self-talk, right? And that's what we call it, self-talk. For example, when another driver on the road gets near to me, there's this little voice in my head that, that says, you idiot, watch where you're going. Come on, y'all. I mean, I know it's not a nice thing to think, but it's there mentally. Come on, somebody. Here's another example. I had a job once where my boss had the habit of being, of sending these vaguely worded emails. When you get a chance, stop by my office. We need to talk about something. Without fail, my self-talk with response, oh man, what did I do? <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> Am I still doing my job? And so I want to introduce you to something real quick about negative self-talk, about self-talk real quick. And, and I want to put it up on the screen in a minute, but I want you to listen to me real quick, okay? So you, you can write it down if you want about self-talk. Ready? There's, what, there's different categories of self-talk. As a counselor, this is what I do. First of all, there's overgeneralization. It is the habit of telling yourself that a negative event is bound to continue to happen in the future. When we overgeneralize, we make predictions about the future, come on somebody, based on isolated pieces of evidence that's present. That's overgeneralization. After overgeneralization, you have what's called magnification. Is when we take two or take our errors and our flaws and we exaggerate them. Often magnification takes the form, amen, of catastrophic thinking. Where we take small negative events and turn them into disasters in our minds. Come on, say amen. So you have overgeneralization. You have magnification. The next thing you have is minimization. Minimization is the mirror image of magnification, but it involves being dismissive of our strengths and positive qualities. In other words, all you do is talk to yourself negatively. All you do is minimize who you are. All you do, and I'm going to talk about this in, in, a come, in the next couple weeks, I'm going to talk about breaking that cycle of feeling inferior. In other words, you have, you have a, a feeling about yourself where you feel inferior to other people because of your past, because of whatever, but you have great qualities. But it's your self-talk that has brought you to that place. And then lastly, there's personalization. It involves assuming excessive amount of responsibilities, especially for things that are mostly entirely out of your control. 
Amen. It is ex- it's a, an exaggerated sense of responsibility that leads to an excessive, watch this, attempt at control, which in turn leads to stress. Y'all with me? This I found. That negative speaking starts inside. Amen. I'll show you that later. The Bible is clear. And maybe you found yourself minimizing yourself. Maximizing the situation. Overgeneralization and personalization where you don't feel like you're good enough. Maybe, amen, you've put yourself in a place where you decided that, you know what, this is just who I am. Some of us, we could talk to everybody else good, but but beside ourselves. Some of us, we can't talk to nobody. We just, so we'd rather be by ourselves. And I want to say to somebody here today, the Bible is clear that you and I have a new creature. We are new creatures. That we have a new nature. That that if you're born again and you have came to Christ, come on somebody, you are a new creature. That means that something did happen inside of you. And the only way that you can overcome negative speaking, amen, is if you understand first your identity in Christ. Paul writes to this Ephesians church, this church in Ephesus, and what he was telling them, he was telling them that, first of all, he was saying to them, listen, because you've been saved and you have this new life, you should be living differently. Isn't it amazing that sometimes you think about it like, man, I, I, I gave my life to Christ, I'm in Christ, but it does nothing feel the same. It just feels the same. Nothing is changing. Seems like I got more pressure. Seems like I got more pain. Seems like folk, friends are few. Come on, somebody. Amen. And it seems like everything in my life is falling apart at this moment. But I want to say to somebody here today, if you magnify that situation, if you, if you minimize who you are in Christ, amen, then you may miss what God is trying to do in your life. Do I have witness? Paul is writing to a church that's in a culture like ours. Amen. There's, 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 there's cussing and drinking and drugging and partying and vaping and medical marijuana and I mean just, just everything. Just the culture is there, man. And listen, and everything is at your disposal. And then he's telling them to be Christians in the midst of a culture that was jacked up. Let me just use some ebonics right quick. And so what can happen to us? Let me say this. How you grew up. Amen. And who you grew up with can affect how you speak. Are you with me? And oftentimes, I believe that uh, as believers, we don't think that it's important. But I want to say this. Your words mean something. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? the? And I'm going to get into that later in the series. That's why I'm not trying to give it all. Right? There's power in your words. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about speaking life. 
But before we can do that, we have to rid ourselves of the routine of negativity. The routine of speaking negative. I hope you join me for the rest of the series. So how do we do it? How do we break this cycle? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Paul says, look at verse 22. He says that in reference, now notice, notice what he's doing. He's pointing them backwards, right? To your what? Former manner of life. There has to be a laying aside. Now this laying aside that he's talking about, it literally means to take something off, to literally strip yourself of it. I'm trying to make it practical so you can reach it tonight, this morning. He says that in, in reference to your former man, you can't want this life and that life. He says today you got to make a choice. You can't be a blended Christian. Oh, come on, say amen. You, you can't be a, a gumbo Christian. Come on, help me somebody. Can't just put everything in and say, now nah, we got gumbo. It tastes real good. No, no, no. You got to decide that, listen, that life and this life are two different lives. And he says, in reference to your former man of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being. Watch the text. That word being is in the present tense, which means that it happens and it's happening now. So your old self is still there. I think sometimes we just gravitate towards what we used to do. Because as a Christian, the old man is still there. He's just dying daily. Are you with me? He says, he says that you lay aside that old self. That which is being corrupted with the lust of deceit. and That you be renewed. Watch this. Renewed what? In the spirit of your mind. So how I think, I wish I would talk to you about, is how I speak. We're going to deal with that too. Because everything you say out of your mouth comes out of your heart. And don't talk about, oh, I was just playing. I meant to cuss you out, I was just playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just playing. You know I'm joking. You know what I mean? I, I used to say that all the time. People that say that a lot, they're really speaking their truth. They just don't know how to speak the truth. You understand what I'm saying? Look what he says, though. He, he gives us a solution here. And, and, and if I, let me, give you my, let me give you my first point. If you want to break the cycle of negative speaking, the first thing you got to do is start with sanctification. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by sanctification. It's a Christian word. It's a, I'm going to say it one more time. It's a Christian word. Now, the reason why you can start with sanctification, because you have the ability to do it, because your former life had been renounced. In other words, Christ paid the price on the cross for your sins, so you ain't got to trip about that no more. But you got to make a decision. It's decision time whether or not you want to be sanctified or do you want to stay the same. I find a lot of believers get saved and they stay the same. They have a little progress, but then they go back to the former. Listen, the former manner of life is an option for some. 
I hope you take that option off the table. I ain't going back to that. I'm leaving that alone. Now let me tell you what sanctification is. Write this down somewhere. Sanctification is two things. And this is how you remember it. Number one, it's a process. And number two, it's proximity. You hear what I'm saying? It's what? Process. And then it's proximity, closeness. So watch this. It's a process of growing in Christ. Through prayer, Bible study, worship, service in church, all that. That's the process of growing. But watch this. As you're going through the process, you start getting closer to Christ. The closer you get to Christ, you will not be sinless, but you will sin less. You hear me? Amen. You will what? You will sin less because the closer you get to God, the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, you're like, man, uh-uh, I don't need to do that. No, uh-uh, I, no, all right. I feel conviction, so, you know, I'm not going to do that right there. Now, hold on, hold on to your seatbelts now. Hold on now, put your seatbelt on, because this bump, this ride about to get bumpy here in a second. We're about to hit some turbulence right quick on the next point. So, hold on a second. Don't, don't, watch, watch this now. Watch what he said. He says, how do I do that? How do I, how do I do sanctification? Watch this. Put on the new self. Can I ask you a question? Have you gotten acquainted with the new self? I'm talking about the new you. Because that is, you're not bipolar, boo. You got two natures. Two natures. You are spiritual and you're flesh. And you got to get acquainted with both of them. You already know the flesh. Bible says in Romans chapter 5, chapter 6, these are the flesh evident. Here it is. Drunkenness, carousing, smoking weed. Uh, fighting, cussing, hanging out till three, four in the morning, crashing your car, all that kind of stuff. That is the fruit of the flesh. He says it's evident. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Start, start, tell your neighbor, start with sanctification. Watch this. He says, he says, he says, he goes on to say, he go. People ask all the time, "How do I change and live for Christ?" I tell you how. Stop speaking negative. I got a challenge for y'all this week, so hold on. Here's where the bump. Here's where the. Here's where it get bumpy. You ready? Now I want you to catch me on this one, okay? Watch what he says next. I'm in verse. What verse am I? Twenty four. Not twenty five now. He says, therefore, doing what? Laying aside. So first we start with sanctification. Ready? He said, laying aside what? Falsehood. Here's the point. You ready for the point? Write it down. Stop thinking that lying is okay. It's wrong. Let me say, let, 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 let me help you. White lie, green lie, yellow lie, purple lie, fuchsia lie, pink lie, gold lie, silver lie. It's a lie. 
if I ask you something and you didn't tell me the truth, it's a lie. Or is this a white lie? Why the white lie got to be better than the black lie? Or the gray lie? Or the red lie? Now you ain't being racist with your lie. Discriminating. Let, let me give you four types of liars. Ready? First there's the deceitful liar. Those who lie to others about facts. Then there's the delusional liar. <laughs> Those who lie to themselves about the fact. Then there's the duplicitous liar. Those who lie to others about their values. And then there's the demoralized liar. Those who lie to themselves about their values, having lost confidence and hope in themselves. There are different types of liars. And I believe as believers, we think it's okay to lie. Duplicitous. I'm going to get it right here in a minute. Give me a minute. That, that, that's that liar. Those who lie to others about their values. All right. Let, let me say this. Let me say this to you real quick. There are many of us, and I'll show you here in a minute, the reason why we're negative and we speak negative is because we can't recognize the truth. And when we lie, we open ourselves up to the father of lies. Because Satan wants us to continue. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. Watch this. Satan wants us to continue to lie and watch, and then he wants you to believe your lie. And then he wants you to believe the lie about yourself. And then he wants you to repeat the lie to somebody else. So he said, listen, according to your former life, you lay aside that stuff. Put that stuff away. Stop all that lying. You follow me? Man, I was a, I was a, I was an A-class liar. I ain't bragging, but I'll outlie you in a minute. I didn't even have to, I didn't, you didn't have to ask me to lie. I just opened my mouth, I just lied. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I thank God for saving my soul. You with me? That's why I'm so big on integrity now. See, when God saved you, he makes you the opposite. That's why I'm big on, if you tell me something, don't tell me something, and then do something different. That put me through another place. No time. You with me? I'm that's just me. But I believe that if we're gonna stop, if we're gonna stop, if we're gonna break the cycle of negative, we gotta stop lying. Don't lie to spare somebody from, from the pain. Tell them the truth. Let me tell you why. Because maybe you will help them. Watch this. Watch this now. He says in verse 24, <laughs> I'm still there. 25? Where am I? 26. Somewhere around it. 25. He said, therefore, lay aside falsehood. He says, speak truth each what? Of you with his what? With his neighbor. Right? Why? For we are members of one another. Alright? Ready? Next point. Start the practice 
of speaking the truth in love. Let me explain that to you. Some people think that if they tell the truth, they're being real. No, you're being rude. I'm just real, Pastor. You know, I just like to say it like it is. No, you're rude. That's what the problem is. And you're lying on top of that. So when he says speak the truth, he says speak the truth in love. In verse 15, that's what he says. He says, in, back up to verse 15, he says, but speaking the truth in love, he says, we are to grow up, sanctification, in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. See? So grown up people, some, some of you say, think you're grown, but you're still talking negative. Some of you think you're grown, but you're still talking like a child. I'm grown. No, your conversation changes when you get grown in Christ. But, but here's the point. The point is, start practicing speaking the truth in love. I can say the hard things to you, but my tone, my timing, my tension, what else? Table it. What else? I forgot the last one. Point is, you got to know the timing. You got to know the spirit. If you say something to someone and if you're speaking to someone, you got to do it with the right tone, the right heart. See, he says, he says, speak the truth. I'm going to show you something here in a second. Watch this. Because sometimes some of us, we just get agitated about just anything. We just, just tore up, just mad, just upset, just, and, and we just start blurting it out. He says, speak the truth, what? In, in, in love, but speak truth. Listen, this word for truth, the Greek word for truth is this. It's the word in the Greek word, the Greek word is aletheia. The idea of this word for truth means this. It's truth based on evidence. <laughs> In relations to facts, you can't handle the truth. You ever hear that? But if you state the facts, come on, help me somebody. A person may argue. The only person that argues with the facts is if they are offended by the facts. But when you say it, you say it in what? In love. With a spirit of love. You know what? Because I... Now, now some of you know what I'm talking about. You do it with your kids. Right? You, you, you wouldn't let your kid go and touch the stove, would you? Some of you say, I let him touch it. But they didn't learn the first time. So I, you know, when you discipline, you discipline in love. I believe that the hard things can be done in relationships, in life, in conversation, but it has to be done with what? With love, unless you don't know how to love. But I'm going to show you something with that. Watch this. I, I, and also, I want to say to somebody, stop stretching the truth. It's still a lie. Right? He says, he says in verse 26, look what he says in verse, look, look what he said in verse 26. Verse 26, what did he say? 
Now he move on to something else. You see, this is this is interesting to me. He says, "Be ang-. hold on now. Don't tell me to be angry now." He says, "Be angry, and yet what? Do not sin." So, Pastor, how do I break this cycle? First of all, you got to start with sanctification. Stop thinking that lying is okay. Start the practice. Of speaking the truth in love. Listen, so here's how I gauge myself with that. If what's coming out of my mouth, I know it's going to cut a person, I'm going to hold up. Let me see how I can rephrase that. Let me see if my tone can change. Matter of fact, if, if I feel like I can't do it, then the next point is for you. Be angry and do not what? Because sometimes people do some stuff that's real aggravating, you know, make you put you there. But watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. You ready? Next point. Seek to develop the spiritual gift of self-control. Seek to develop what? The spiritual gift you have it in you. Lord, please. Do you know how many years I had to pray for that? But it's because of my proximity. Come on, somebody. It's because of my closeness to God. It's because I was maturing that the Holy Spirit, listen, if the let, let me say this to somebody here today. If the Holy Spirit can't control you, then maybe you don't have him. The Holy Spirit is that voice that you hear. When you want to go right, and he said go left, and then you feel a conviction over yourself, over your heart. Now you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can suppress the Holy Spirit and you can ignore him, what he's trying to say to you. But if you're going to break the cycle, because the moment something comes out your mouth, hold me, Lord. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now. Holy Spirit, you are in me. I'm asking you now to hold my tongue. Somebody with me? You see, your problem is not people. Your problem is you. Anger and sin will ruin you. He says be angry because what he's, what he's alluding to in the text because of your former life is gone. He says in this new life you're going to have agitation. You're going to have all kinds of issues. But he says here's what I want you to do. I want you to be angry, righteous anger. So in other words don't get ran over. You know what I mean? People think that just because I'm a Christian you can just come at me just any kind of way. But here's the thing. I can cut you in love. Sure know how to do that. I know how to do that now. But back in the day, I didn't know how to do that. So I just shut up. Or I get into altercation. Because my mouth gets me in trouble all the time. But thank God for wisdom. See, this anger that he's talking about. See, here's what righteous anger is. You see somebody taking advantage of at the job. Righteous anger. What do you do? You follow what I'm saying? You go through the problem, you talk to the person and you try to work it out and say, hey man, what's going on? You know, how can I pray for you? How can I help you? You understand? You know, that kind of stuff. That's what righteous anger stands up for what's wrong. But they don't sin. They don't cuss people out. They don't shoot nobody. They don't do stuff like that. All right? Maybe our negativity is coming from the fact that we can't get what we want. So that's why we're angry. We're angry because James chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 says this, you lust and don't have. So what do you do? You commit murder. You are envious. You watch this. You cannot obtain. So what do you do? You fight and quarrel. 
You do not have because you do not ask because you're asking with the wrong motives. And you're angry because you're not getting your way. And so what comes out your mouth? They did this to me. They ain't buying nothing. Nobody loved me. Nobody liked me. You better get over that. All right? Look what he says. He says, and do not what? Let the sun go down. Let me help somebody with Let me help you with something real quick. Write this down. Write this down. It's the next point. Settle all your differences with others quickly. You got stuff with your mama you ain't settled yet. You got stuff with your daddy you hadn't settled yet. And it's going to ride with you until you kick that passenger out. And if you let the sun go down on the differences you had last week with that person, it is going to come up again if you don't deal with it. So settle it. Listen, we all got issues with somebody. Settle it. But what if they, see, we got all these technical people. Well, what if they, it don't matter, bro. Just settle it. Here's how you settle it. I'm sorry. But I didn't do nothing. There you go. Justify. Settle it before the sun goes down and another year go by, another month go by, and, and it'd be 15 years, it'd be 20 years, and you still got this stuff in your heart, this junk. And you wonder why, man, why am I so negative? Because you got unsettled issues in your heart that you have not dealt with, with people. But you were, you were the life of the party. You were a positive person. You had all kinds of things going for you, but it's the negativity of dealing with people that you have allowed to drain you. Come on and say amen. Lastly, I'm done. This is the part I like right here. This is the part I, 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 this is the part I failed at for a long time. Verse 27. What's in verse 27? And do not give the devil. May I say this to you? Your battle is not against flesh and blood. You think it's your mama, your daddy, your cousin, your uncle, your ex-boyfriend, uh, you know, cutting poo and all them. It ain't people. The devil is looking for what? Opportunities. So my last, my point is just write this down. Satan is, remember this, Satan is always looking for an opportunity. Let me tell you what this word opportunity means. It means to become a passenger. Satan wants to become a passenger. That means space. He wants room in your life. So the longer he keeps you mad and upset, the longer he keeps you from growing in Christ, the longer he keeps you from having self-control, he is your passenger. You know, that dark passenger that rides with you. He's looking for opportunity, boo. You have to take that power back. Resolve those anger issues, those sin issues. And watch what happens. In high school, the chemistry teacher taught us about chemicals. We learned about two chemicals. 
Amen. We learned that you take two molecules of oxygen and you get a chemical combination known as carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is a natural byproduct of the human respiratory system. In other words, we breathe in oxygen. The oxygen is then carried through our lungs and, and it is pushed back out into the atmosphere. The carbon dioxide we breathe out is absorbed into the skin of the plant life. Amen. And combined with water and the soil, it is fueled by light from the sun to produce sugar in the leaf. And that leaf releases oxygen into the atmosphere through what's called photosynthesis. And the cycle just keeps repeating itself. But the instructor always also taught about carbon monoxide. One molecule of carbon, one molecule of oxygen. Carbon monoxide is a poison, a toxic gas. It is still carbon and oxygen, but in a different combination. Follow me on this. The same element, but different outcome. Amazing, isn't it? How one combination of element brings life, but the other combination of the same element brings death. It's the same thing with people. You must be careful where, when you see certain people together in certain combinations. Some folks are harmless when they're by themselves. But when they, when they are mixed with certain other folk. Hallelujah. Amen. What used to be harmless becomes deadly. Negativity is contagious. Negative speaking is contagious. Negative music is contagious. Movies, social media, and all of it can affect what comes out your mouth. I got a challenge for you this week. This week, I want you to watch your mouth. I want you to watch your self-talk and the words you say out your mouth. And I want you to commit with me today that this whole week, you're going to go one week. We're going to fast this week. No negative words. No negative self-talk. And no negative thinking. You think you can do it? I believe that in Christ, you can do anything. But here's the formula. You got to start with sanctification. You got to stop thinking lying is okay. You got to Seek, start the practice of speaking the truth in love. You have to seek to develop your, the spiritual gift of self-control. You have to settle your differences with others quickly. And lastly, you got to watch out for Satan. Because he's looking for an opportunity. Vision Church, I'm challenging you today. Take the challenge this week. Nothing next. Matter of fact, starting today. All right, when you go to Jimmy Chan's and they trip, trip up on your order, you're going to say, thank you. I'm going to turn back around. I'm going to go back I'm in kindness and be like, sir, you messed up my order. 
Because you're going to be tried. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Amen. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to say one thing. This ever happened? Married people. This ever happened to you? Your spouse say one thing. You thought you heard something else and you respond on what they said. You're like, dang. What did... But I didn't say that. You're going to settle your differences quickly. This week, we're going on a no negative fast. No negative speaking. We ain't, we ain't speaking negative. We ain't thinking negative. Amen. And we're going to be set free so that we can live a victorious life. Give God a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Hallelujah.